Hey guys, Brian with Cajun Cardboard coming at you from the great state of Louisiana. And today, uh, I don't do this very often, but today I've got a guest on my channel. It's uh, it's somebody that I recently heard on another podcast, and I'm so old I already forgot where I heard him. But uh, welcome to the channel, Ryan with Mind Cycle Cards. For um, reasons of anonymity, he wants to uh, keep his face private. I am not scared to share my leathery face, which looks like an old catcher's mitt. Ryan uh, is lurking in the shadows behind that awesome 1990s uh, hobby wax display. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know who Ryan is, uh, why don't you uh, explain to us who, what, where, when, why? Basically, how you fit in the hobby, how you got in the hobby, what you do in the hobby, what your purpose is, and things like that. Just get us your general bio, and then we'll uh, then we'll check out your IG and your YouTube, and let these people know where they can find you. And then we're gonna move along to uh, some other really cool topics that I think will uh, make for a great discussion today. Talk to me, Ryan. Where are you from? What's yeah, up? Definitely. Um, so I got into cards, you know, like a lot of us when I was a kid. So around 86 or so, I started collecting garbage pail kids. That's really what got me into it. And hmm. then, you know, the whole um, card boom, obviously, of that era, <laughs> so the junk wax era, got into, you know, baseball cards in the late 80s, got into basketball cards in the 90s, <laughs> as did everybody else, I'm sure. Yep. Collected probably up until, let's see, right here if you can see that 99 2000 season that was about when i kind of dropped out for getting out of high school getting into college and i took a, a break for about 10 years and then came back into it probably right around when panini was getting their license i think it was what around that 2011 2012 season mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of my backstory so I'm going to go out on a limb and guess you're probably about seven or eight years younger than I am. I'm 48. So you got to be right at 40 or 41, 42. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right around there. Yep. Okay. Yes. Early 40s. So you've, you've got <laughs> some time. You've got some decades in the hobby. So we're going to be able to speak intelligently on all sorts of topics that I can even <laughs> take you back in the time machine. Uh, I did. I remember the, the garbage pail kids. Now I was, let's see, I was probably 12 around 1986. So I was 12 around 1986. I remember dabbling in those a little bit, but uh, what brought me into the hobby was like baseball cards in the year 1980. That was the year that I got into it. And um, so uh, similar story. I also took a break after high school um, through college. I was broke as broke can get. And then uh, I actually took two decade long breaks. And so we share a sort of a similar history. Um, okay. And we're still writing it. But uh, the 99 yeah. 2000 year was a pretty bad year for basketball cards. I mean, there's good cards, <laughs> but the rookie class, right, was ugh, it left a little bit to be desired. I um, I'm grabbing something for you here real quick. <laughs> that that Sorry. trashy rookie I, class might have been what pushed you out of the hobby, man. There we go. Oh, there so we go. Got something to look at except for. Okay, so I don't know anything about Garbage Pail Kids. But <laughs> if you ask me to name one card, that's the one I can name because, you know, just by osmosis, you kind of, you know, you learn other segments of the hobby, baseball, football, hockey. I don't touch any of it, but that's the Garbage Pail card that I recognize, right? So is that the, is that the uh, 86 Fleer Jordan? Is that the 52 Mantle of Garbage Pail Kids? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's basically, you know, your. 85 Adam Bomb. That was so I got into it second series. So this is like your first series, right? And that's yeah. what was on all your folders at school, 
every box yeah. that you buy, every pack that you buy had the atom bomb on it. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. the big one. <laughs> that's cool. That's really cool. That's cool. Um, all right. So let's do this. I'm going to screen share real quick, just so people know what we're, what we're here to talk about today is I'm going to let you kind of preach a little bit and give a little baby tutorial and kind of talk us through uh, something that you are involved in called uh, the hobby boards. I've got it pulled up on screen share now. Hopefully you can see everything's good on your end. You can see. Yep, um, definitely. This is the main page. So I just typed in thehobbyboards.com and this is what comes up. Uh, tell me about the hobby boards. Tell me how you're involved with it and tell me what brought it about. I, I don't pay too much attention to hobby drama, but I know something <laughs> went down with blowout and I've never been on blowout, but I know what they are, right? I don't have yeah. time to read. I got to save my eyes, but tell me the backstory. Yeah, basically, um, it kind of came about just because there was, there was a post that I made on blowout forums that got me suspended. I got a couple of videos. I won't go into it in too much depth, but you can go back through my videos and kind of check it out. But they suspended me for a month saying that I was self-promoting and I posted one of my videos. Uh, I got to talking with some buddies of mine and we've kind of been falling out of, you know, really wanting to use blowout for the past couple of years. So we thought, hey, It'd be kind of cool if there's another message board that got started where it was just collectors talking to other collectors there wasn't any kind of sponsorships going on there wasn't any real reason to pull because you know blood has some reasons to pull that kind of stuff for self-promotion uh they also sell cards right so you can't uh post boxes of cards for sale they they have some restrictions i mean they're it's nothing too crazy but i would say in the past couple of years they've gotten a little bit more strict on pulling things that, you know, seem questionable to me. Now, I don't know their particular reason for pulling my posts, but um, I've seen other people ban there over some silly stuff. So, so anyway, yeah. a couple of guys, we were just talking about it and I've created message boards in the past. And if you watch my little intro video, I have it on my channel. I do tell people, you know, a lot of people, people think that basically message boards died out in the 2000s, right? Yep. So I get that. And I get that Instagram has kind of taken over, Facebook's taken over, Twitter. Uh, but I still think there's a valid reason to have message boards. You can have that longer form discussion about topics, post your, your cards that you have for sale. Uh, it's it's still relevant in my opinion. So we thought, hey, let's, let's go ahead and, and do it. So that's what I did. I threw up a Got some hosting, got a couple domain names, and then just threw it up. And we've been testing it for like a month and just released it to the public on Friday. Smooth sailing, no fee, no cost, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the cost is just comes out of my pocket. Uh, it is based on donations. So anybody that enjoys it and wants to donate, cool. If not, you know, I, I'm happy to pay for it. Yeah. It's just something yeah. I've always enjoyed is, is talking to other people and that kind of longer format discussion where we're not just posting a picture of a card and then commenting and moving on to the next one which is great you know i love instagram too and twitter and all yeah. that but uh some well, message boards it's funny yeah. it's like you you creating that message board in response to another message board that's been around for a long time that has developed uh somewhat of an agenda and again i don't know what the agenda is i've never been on blowout in my life but uh is almost <laughs> akin to uh you know like 
Twitter spaces and all now these these ways to, uh, you know, absorb information in the mainstream, you know, other than through the mainstream media, which is obviously very biased one way or the other. There's these new allegedly and possibly neutral ways to, you know, gather information about what's going on in the world. And so you kind of have, have followed on a parallel pathway to those those new spaces by creating a message board that has no agenda. You're not pushing anything. And uh, it's just an open forum for people to uh, to do whatever they want. Buy, sell cards, talk about cards, ask questions about cards, learn about cards. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. You obviously know a lot more about tech than I do. So uh, <laughs> there's a good chance I'm not even recording this or the volume's off or something stupid like that. But uh, <laughs> I am uh, I am still learning uh, the audio visual and the tech stuff. And so I know just enough to know I know very little. That's that's uh, kind of where I'm at too, to be honest. Like yeah. when I started my channel, I know enough to record a video. Now yeah. you know I've got like a fifteen dollar little mic that I plug into my iPhone now that sounds a little better, but that's about my extent of video. Now, yeah, if you talk about like 2010s technology, yeah, I kind of I, I know a little bit more about that. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Well, I've got Ryan's uh, YouTube page pulled up on the screen. So, so the way to to follow Mind Cycle on YouTube, and and uh, and he's got forty videos out there. In in the first video that he alluded to is this one. It's the Hobby Boards launch announcement, and he sort of and I've I've watched this one, Ryan. You basically walk dumb people like me through how to uh, register for and get you know authorized to jump on the message board and start participating. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so. Uh, I watched it and I understood it. And if I understand it in my age and being a tech caveman like I am, then I would think most young people would understand it. And I think it's going to grow and I think it's going to flourish. And uh, it's just a matter of spreading the word. It's going to take a little bit of time to build that foundation and that customer base. But I think it can happen. Um, yeah. But this is the uh, this is the YouTube page. So it's at MindCycle underscore cards. And then uh, Instagram is another place. You've got tons of followers on Instagram. Um, that is mind cycle underscore cards. So you can't miss it. It's super easy to find on Instagram and YouTube. It's exactly the same name. So I've got some theories on where mind cycle came from and what it means and how you came up with that handle. Can I, can I give you my four theories? You tell okay. me which one yep. is correct. Cause I know one of them has to be correct. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Yep. It was a 1980s rock band, uh, like, like, Welcome to the stage, Mind Cycle, with their hit song "Mental Mayhem." Is that that's that's guess number one? Okay, uh, no. it's not that, but that sounds kind of cool. Not that one. Uh, the well, Mind Cycle. Well, there were, there were when wrestling was big in the late '80s and early '90s. There was a there was a, a villainous wrestler who would put his opponent through the Mind Cycle, and then he would pin him for a three count. No. Uh, no, no, that was not the mind cool. cycle, not the wrestling move. All right. What about a diabolical supervillain, like a supervillain, not necessarily in the Marvel universe, maybe DC or something like that mind cycle. And he can he like manipulated people's minds, almost like a bad professor X, like from the X-Men. Not that's, is that not it either? No, but I, I like that one. That one's actually kind of cool. Okay. Last one, a bicycle that's powered by mental telepathy. You just think about pedaling and it goes, you don't have to actually pedal. You just think about it. Like a mind cycle. That's that's a good one too. And I've had a lot of people like when they see my email address because I got another email address that's related yeah. to mind cycle. Um, they're like, oh, it's something to do with bikes. And I'm like, nope. So the actual backstory is it's a studio I ran in the 2010s. So I actually got it. <laughs> um, got it. ran a recording studio and it was called Mind Cycle Studios. I got it. I got it. Okay. So, <laughs> so that's where it came. Over four. 
Uh, I never would have guessed that. All right. So let's do this. Let's talk about um, – is there anything else you want to say about the hobby boards? Uh, is there anything people need to know if they want to get interested in that? Look, I've always said on my channel, Ryan, I'm super transparent. There's probably not a good chance that I'm going to use the hobby board but uh, because I don't read very often because I read for a living. I read in law school. I read as a lawyer. I have to read every single day. And so that's why I created a YouTube channel so I can just scream at the screen and watch things rather than actually read tiny little words. So there's a pretty good chance I am not going to uh, I am not going to partake. But I know a lot of people will because blowout forums is a really big deal. And if you're you can't be the only one that's kind of picking up on uh, censorship and agenda stuff. And and so I, I got to believe there's going to be some um, some foot traffic that's heading to the message boards. Yeah. Anything else? you want to say about your about the hobby boards yeah definitely and i i hope people will just sign up and give it a chance uh we've got a little over 100 users at this point which is pretty awesome for just a couple of days especially over memorial day weekend right uh i will say that yeah definitely check out that video to get started it goes over probably the comment that i've heard the most is i'm having trouble uploading a picture a yeah. photo now for those of you who don't know, uh, Instagram, Twitter, they've all come up with technology. So we just upload photos directly from our phone. It just uploads to the site. They compress it. They're able to, you know, downsize the file, uh, the file size. So they're able to shrink it a little bit. Don't have that luxury on message boards, unfortunately. So there's a very small upload um, size that you can put on there. So the best way to go about it is to use a image sharing service, I recommend Flickr. So if you watch my video, I go over how to use Flickr. Yep. And then there's another one called Imager. And so it's going to be a little bit of a jump for people because they can't get in there. They can't just throw up a, a post and just upload their photo as easy as they can on Instagram. That's the one downside. The plus, though, is that it's fully mobile optimized. So if you do just have your phone and that's what you use, you can download the Flickr app. You can upload your photo just as easy as instagram and then you can just copy a link paste it right into the boards and there you go so that's that's the one drawback yeah uh, especially when you have full-size images like you know a lot of times i'll take a photo on my iphone and it's like five or six megabytes which doesn't seem that large but when you start uploading that hundreds of people that starts to fill up your hosting space and you pay a lot more to to get more size so that's kind of one of the drawbacks is just the cost of hosting images right that's why yeah. they, like i said instagram yeah. you know down samples well, it and whatnot ryan let's so so the quickest way to get on the hobby boards is a watch the video just go to go to mind cycle yeah. underscore cards watch the youtube tutorial video and talk your you know figure it out yourself if people have questions after watching the video can they dm you on instagram is that oh, fair yeah. is that a safe thing to, to absolutely suggest? Okay. Yeah, either on Instagram or on the boards themselves, on just mind cycle on the boards, I'd be happy to answer any questions. So one caveat I did want to mention is I'm working on this, but when you do register, a lot of people told me that registration email you get lands in the junk folder, yeah, uh, especially in Gmail. So if it does not show up for you in your inbox, just check your spam. And sure. I was asking people just to, to say, hey, this is not spam. So I've been working with the host. And a lot of times, like, since this is a relatively new domain name, you got to set up all these records and then you have to 
have your domain name for 30 days before other hosts go, okay, this is maybe legit. Cause I think a lot of times people just register these domains, send a bunch of spam. Right. So yeah. they, they kind of look out for that nowadays. I've been learning a lot more about that than I wanted to. Cause I just had a bunch of people tell me, Hey, I don't see this, but yeah. So it's going to maybe land a spam, but yeah, check out the video. I'm going to come out with some more detailed videos, probably this coming week might even okay. create a separate channel for it. But yeah, that's the best way to get started. And and like you said, hit me up on Instagram. I'm happy to help. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, that's a plan. That's that's the hobby board. You guys go check it out. If you're into message boards or you need some information, I got to believe we're in the infancy stages right now. But over time, it's just going to grow. It's going to build an audience and they're going to become more and more relevant and, and more and more threads will open up. And then uh, I know enough about message boards to know you can kind of pin threads or flag them or whatever you call it to where if it's something really important where people talk about it for a long time, like the Jordan pack odds, uh, th that's the only reason I ever went on blowout because somebody told me <laughs> the pack odds for like a hellacious number of the Jordan cards were in one, you know, location. And so that's the one blowout time I've used it and I've got it saved as a, you know, a, uh, one of my favorites on my, on my uh, computer. So. Uh, that's the extent of my of my use of message boards, but this is cool. That's what cool I'm later. hoping for. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get over there and start getting some good, in, solid info on there. I mean, blowout before blowout, there's like Hobby Kings or the Beckett message boards. I go back to those sometimes and just you know look at some info for some sets because you're just doing a Google search, right? So that's where I hope mm -hmm. this is going to get some time. It will. Get some it will. Great uh, over there. Yep. Uh, okay. So next topic. This is a, this is going to be tough, right? You you. I've, I've listened to enough of your stuff on YouTube. I've kind of followed you a little bit on Instagram. You know, you're a thoughtful person. You're a logical person. You're an intelligent person, clearly, if you built a message board. <laughs> so <laughs> basketball cards, cards in general, sports cards are not investments. Uh, okay. So we, we were talking about investing. You're, you're steadfast, or at least I've seen on numerous occasions, uh, you know, the assertion that card collecting and cards are not investments. Uh, talk to me about that stance. And I'll tell you why they are. And we can have a little back and forth about it, a little diatribe, a little friendly back and forth about uh, whether or not cards are investment. Tell me your stance and then we'll have a little tit for tat and we'll see where it, where it leads us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think something to clarify. And uh, before my phone dropped out, I was going to get into the point where I was, I was going to discuss just being in the hobby for so many years. Definitely you know, sell cards. So that's, that's really not part of it. Uh, what I'm getting, I think people, when I tell them, you know, I don't view cards as investments, I think, well, are you just saying that you can't sell cards? Is that something you're against? Totally not. I think uh, buying and selling is really the staple of the hobby, right? That's what we do. We buy, we sell, we trade, right? So that's, that's uh, kind of what I want to say up front about that. Now, sure. viewing them as an investment, I think, you can see kind of the sentiment nowadays of a lot of, I don't know what you call maybe influencers, just people in general, maybe people that other people are paying attention to more now that are talking about selling cards. They're starting to say the word speculation, right? And that was something I was actually getting at all throughout the pandemic. And I wanted to let people know that, hey, you're buying these cards and you're selling them, but when we're talking about an investment, maybe that's not what we're doing. Maybe it's more we're speculating. And you can mm -hmm. say that investments are speculation. They're speculative investments, right? So yep. the, the word itself can, can mean various things. I mean, I'm sitting in a chair. Did I invest in that chair? Sure. Uh, but 
for me personally, I view investments as more long-term. Mm-hmm. And I would say that 99.9% of cards are not long-term investments. They're more short-term. And so that's really where my point comes across is that one maybe is a little bit deceiving to, to tell people that you're investing in something when really what you're doing is you're flipping or you're doing more of a short-term uh, buy-in and, and trying to cash yeah. out. I guess where I come in is, you know, I, I don't think I don't think speculating and investing are mutually exclusive terms. I think speculating is a uh, subset of investing. In fact, I think speculating is just, you know, either an uninformed or a random investment of your money. Um, <clears throat> so, I guess maybe we're uh, maybe the way we get um, the way the way you're phrasing it, it comes down to just nomenclature and just uh, a matter of semantics. Um, surely you would, you would acknowledge Ryan that, you know, if there's a guy in his sixties, he bought a Mickey Mantle in you know, the late seventies, you know, when he was 25, 30 years old or however old he was, and now he's got a Mickey Mantle and he, you know, he sells the 52 Mantle PSA four and he's made, you know, six figures, uh, or or more or whatever. I don't know what the card's worth, but like, why is that not an investment? And you you actually brought up one of the cards that I think is that 0.1% that's actually an investment. And so um, when you look at like a long-term investment, right, you're going sure. into it, going into the actual asset itself, how it's done. You know, you look at risk analysis or whatever, and you go back and you say, how is this done? What's the two-year? What's the five-year, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we can, we can look at a card like the 52 mantle and go back and say, Hey, it has a pretty solid track record, but modern cards, you know, a lot of the cards that were really hyped during the pandemic, let's say, tell me modern, tell me what modern is because that's where we're going to also disagree, but go, go ahead. Tell me what, tell me what modern is. I know what you're getting at. (laughs) The the one thing I do, you will never hear me. In fact, you'll hear me on my channel say, I will never tell you what to buy more than you will ever hear me tell somebody what to buy. Right. Uh, I am adamant about never telling somebody else what to buy in this hobby as a collector or as an investor. I, I don't do it. I share what I do uh, and I share what I, I I invest in because I do think there is a huge investment component to cards. And I mm-hmm. think the two can can exist together, collector and investor. I think we're all a hybrid, right? Nobody wants to buy something that's going to go down. Um, but uh, here's what here's what. Here's what I'm getting out of your statement that cards are not investments. Um, you don't like short-term investments. You don't like flipping. And I that's not really my deal either, to be quite honest with you. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm with you. And I don't think we we are too far off the, the same path. But um, I guess I know cards are an investment. Um, and, and I know they can be an investment in a matter of short time, like three, four <laughs> years. They can be because... I mean, I've bought my kids' cars with card money. I've renovated my house. I paid off my mortgages. I, I've, yeah. you know, paid my kids' tuition with cards. So yeah. I know they can be. Uh, now I didn't do it buying, you know, Baker Mayfield and selling him four weeks later, and then telling other people to go do what I did. It's real easy to do it, right, Ryan? When when we're doing it in 2019, right, right before this explosion of demand and the perfect storm that we know is the pandemic and the last dance and the, and all that crap. Um, you know, the other thing I would say is, you know, it's gotten a lot harder to do it. 
you know, it requires yeah. education and it may take more time. Your window of investment, if you if you if I can con you into believing it's an investment, your window has been expanded, <laughs> right? Your window has been massively expanded. Those six week flips, uh, while they do exist in some cases, uh, you're right. They are more speculation than they are uh, investment. And it's hard to really know what the hell's going on because we're still in a market reset. Um, right. You know, so. Yeah. And, and you, and you got a valid point and I don't want to sway people from the fact that yeah, short term and I've done it myself, uh, you know, Hey, maybe I should buy this card. I, to be honest, a lot of times when I buy a card, that's not specifically for one of my PCs, it's actually more so that I can maybe trade that card to somebody else who wants it more, who has a card. To upgrade your PC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hell yes. Of course. <laughs> I mean, of that's course. a lot of what I'm doing, but yeah, uh, I think, you know, I've got two videos that go into more depth about this and they're called collecting cards after the boom. I came out with them actually when I first kind of threw up my channel, it was like one of the ideas that I had that it was like, I, I need to not just post videos on Instagram anymore. That's what I was doing years prior. Uh, they started cutting off my videos and I had these ideas for editing. And I'm like, let's just jump to YouTube. Right. So check out those two videos or I encourage any of your listeners to do it. I go into a little bit more depth now. Um, it it, talk, it really does talk about um, you know the market. You say the stock market, and you can say that the card market exists, right? But I view it more as a flea market than an actual market. Mm -hmm. To whereas you don't you can't get dividends off of cards. You can't have you don't have rules and regulations like you have in the stock market. You don't have um, Tell me why that matters. Tell me why you think that matters. Because I, I watched the videos. Tell me. I'm just curious. Okay. Like, tell me yeah, why sure. you think whether it's regulated or not matters. I mean, are like buying vintage Corvettes? Is that that's not regulated? That's right. I think that's probably an investment. I mean, I think there's probably a slow and steady yeah. track record of of a 1967 Corvette is probably similar to a Roberto Clemente rookie card or something like <laughs> that. You know, I think those are kind of akin. Tell me why regulation distinguishes whether something is or isn't an investment sure sure totally yeah and i get that and that's that's been the counter argument i've had a lot of discussions with people about this uh as well and it's it's similar to what you're saying is like if you want to look at just the word itself as i'm investing in something then i would say sure you can invest in whatever you want you can just put your money down and hope that you <laughs> you know create more money off of that in the future that if you want to look at it that strict of a definition, sure, that's or that yeah. loose of a definition, not strict, but loose of a definition, I guess we'd say uh, that's totally cool. And like I said, you know, I'm not against um, people selling cards. I think it's great. It's the way I funded like most of my PC. I just think that when we look at the past couple years and how that was told, you know, to us by it was awful loud voices in the in the industry. Yeah. Um, I think you got a lot of, and I hate to throw the kids card out because I really don't like to do that, but you got a lot of younger people thinking that that's what an investment is. And, and sure, it, like I said, with the simple terminology, it could be. Um, Whoever talks the loudest to the most people, people, naive people, people that are new to the hobby, just presume that if a, a gentleman or a lady or a gentleman has 40, you know, 400,000 followers or 45,000 followers. He must know what he's talking about. That is right. not always the case. Uh, I assure you. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's why 
that stuff, I mean, it bothers me. Like, I don't listen to the to the pump and dumpers and the hype trains and the buy this or I've made this much on this and you should buy what I buy. The reason it doesn't bother me that much is because at some point as these uh, new entrants into the hobby do get educated, they're going to be able to filter that out. They're going to they're going to smell bullshit, man. And that's that's the way it is in almost all walks of life. If you spend enough time with or around a person, you're going to know if they're a BS artist. You're just going to pick up on it. And it does take a little bit of time. The scary thing, Ryan, that you point out, and I think this is what you're harping on, is that it may be too late. By the time these these I don't want to call them noobs because that sounds like a derogatory term, but the mm -hmm. new people that came into the hobby in 2019, 2021, maybe they didn't have time to decipher bullshit from truth. And right. they invested ton invested or speculated <laughs> with tons of their money because of what Talking Head said to buy. And now they've got, you know, their ass in their hand, just like he or they might. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and it's not one person. There's there's a lot of people out there that love to tell people what to buy. People were selling subscriptions to, you know, a lot of people were doing that stuff. And uh, and I would listen to it at first, and then it, it didn't take me very long to realize, nope, filter that next. And then so my my subscription list on YouTube has gotten actually smaller over the last couple of years rather than larger, despite the fact that there's more content creators because I've weeded out the ones that I picked up on it. I was like, you don't really know what you're talking about, so I've kind of weed these guys out. Um, so I, yeah. I, I know that's what you're getting at. And, uh, you know, and I've watched a lot of your videos and you do a great job. Like I said, you're, you're thoughtful, you're well-spoken, you're logical, you apply logic to the situation and, uh, and you substantiate your claims with facts. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the truth will, you know, the truth is a defense in all aspects. Yeah. Especially in the yeah. And I think, I think we're talking about the same thing. Semantics aside, I, I really do. Um, I, I just, I'll give the example and, and probably both of us lived through it is the junk box era, the late eighties and nineties. Yeah. People thought that they were going to buy 86 tops baseball. Um, they're going to store those cards in 30 years. They're going to retire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's true. That, that was what happened back then. So leaving the investment, the speculation aside, that's what was happening again. And a lot of us that had been around the hobby for years and years and we see kind of the ebbs and flows yeah we're looking at 2020 and going wait hold the brakes a second what's happening why are these cards 10xing and yeah. i was trying to just get the message out hey a lot of people are you getting back in did you live through the junk wax there because i know people did are you getting excited over something that's not going to last just kind of like that and it was actually a lot shorter time frame i mean if you look back at the the junk wax era, the late 80s into early 90s. I mean, that was probably a good seven, eight years as opposed yep. to two, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand the math behind it, right? They see the demand, but they don't understand the supply or they don't want to see the supply and they don't want to understand the trend that supply is taking. And I'm scared to death. And that's why I am, uh, well, I, I guess I'm cautiously optimistic that the the you know the brain trust at Fanatics, for God's sakes, please get the pulse of the hobby and understand that more is not better, Ryan. Uh, you know that. I know that. The kind of cards that we collect. I'm looking at your page here. Let me screen share your page because you get some bangers, man. I mean, the cards that we're looking at on here are not. You know, you're not going to pull seven of the cards that you see on here in a day. You, you may never pull <laughs> one of these cards out of a pack, and so. 
Um, you know, we're talking about the rarest of the rare. We're talking about the low serial numbered stuff. But even serial numbered cards, tell me if you agree, there's a false sense of security if a card is serial numbered to 99 or 49 yeah. or 25. Or for God's sakes, there was over 1,100 one-of-ones in this flawless product that came out last week, right? 1,100 yes. plus one-of-ones, Ryan. I can't even wrap my brain around that, That's dude. Insane. That is nuts. Yeah, I think we started seeing it. Right around, I want to say like 16, 17, 17, 18, right? The parallel, the just shift to like massive amount of parallels. And I think it's because people were starting to get interested in cards again around that time. We saw that upward momentum. Yep. It, it took off in 2020, obviously, but we were already building up to it. Panini was at least, uh, you know, they saw more entrance coming in. It's like, how do we get those people to buy boxes? Well, yep. give them the chance to pull a quote unquote rare card. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, like you said, is it really rare if it's out of 10, but there are 20 different out of 10s in that same release? Is that yeah. really rare? Or, uh, or or 180 different out of 10s across all the products, or, or really probably right. more like 500 out of 10s across exactly. all the basketball products. All the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like you're saying now with the one-on-ones, it's gotten to the point where it's like, is that even really going to be a rare card? You could look on the back and go oh it says 101 but when you compare it to all the other 101s in that same release that seems back in the back in the 90s you had a 101 that was the only one of that player in the entire set now yeah you have, it's called a masterpiece right yeah, exactly they're called, now they're, you can't call a masterpiece it's just <laughs> one of one of the many one of ones of that particular player it's a completely different world man. yeah so you know? I, there's going to be players for sure that those cards would be desirable because they're going to be generous, generational talents. I hope it's Jokic, but who knows? Maybe it's, uh, you know, not Jokic and it's another player. Who knows? Who knows what it's going to be? But those cards will still be desirable. But on the level of those true actual one ones that we had in the past or the true low numbered stuff, like you collect 90s, right? So you, you look at the sets like PNGs where 100 and that was it across the entire print run or 50 yeah. across the entire print run those hold value today and i think will continue to hold value i'm like you a bit scared for people buying into as i mentioned you know a little bit ago modern thinking that they have something rare when that's still up for debate maybe nowadays people view it as rare just because it has that number on it but what are we what does it look like in five years what does it look like in 10 years when people figure that stuff out so you, you slide dog, you've got some PMG red nuggets right here. Yeah. Take a look at uh, my video going over my nineties collection. It's a couple videos back. Uh, I've got that whole binder uh, with the PMGs, the essential credentials, okay. rubies, <laughs> all that good stuff. This is causing me a great deal of anxiety to see PMG reds in a binder. This is Ryan. This is really, yeah. this, this is causing me a great, you know me and you know how I am. I'm a little OCD. This is causing me yeah. a great deal of anxiety. Yeah. You have more anxiety because I actually in the video take it out. Oh no! <laughs> so. <laughs> Please, but no. that's how I've always I'm collected. So. I'm not watching. I'm not, I just unfollowed your YouTube channel. I'm not watching. <laughs> I'm not doing it, man. Well, where do we draw the line, Ryan? Like, let's talk about the scarcity. What is what is rare enough to, um, you know, obviously you got to get the player right. And look, here's the deal. Your guys, yo, first of all, I sent Chris uh, from Car Ladder a message the other day. It was heartfelt. It was like, man, I am extremely excited for you you are watching the guy that you pc'd before 
hardly anybody else in the world. And he really put his money where his mouth was, you know, with mm-hmm. some, the black one one and some other stuff. I was like, you're watching him become the greatest, the best player on planet earth that in a, in a, in a, no one in their right mind would have thought that two and a half years ago. And he's like, man, yeah. you should go see mind cycles page. He's been collecting forever. He's like, those are the people that really deserve the credit. He actually called you out. And, uh, oh, awesome. and so he's like, I was late to the game. Those people, you know, have been into Jokic forever, but, um, I think he's the best player in the world, man. You know, for for about five years, I, I when people would ask me that question, I would give them a list of three players and uh, or four players, and and the list was a, a revolving door. And you know, one would drop off, one would you know, LeBron would drop off because of father time, and then somebody else would take his place, Doncic or whoever. This is the first time, Ryan, that I can think of in a very long time where I can unequivocally give my personal opinion that he's the best player in the world. I really believe that. And I never, I never in a million, two years ago, if you'd have asked me that, I would have been like, there's no chance in the world he could be the best player in the world. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, a guy it's drafted crazy. It's first. crazy. And um, I've been on this, I've been on this ride because I'm a Giannis collector and I bought the hell out of Giannis rookie cards like way, yeah. way back and like very early in the game. And uh, and that's why I know cards are an investment because I did really well on Yahoo. <laughs> but I, you're on the same rod that I was on, except you bought obviously much bigger and better cards. So this has to be incredibly like rewarding and just uh, comforting, and uh, it's awesome, man. I'm just I, it's exciting to see stories like this happen in the hobby. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, and, and shout out to Chris. Uh, he he knows this because I shared this with him. But that Jokic 101 that he has or owns right now that was originally listed on ebay for 200 bucks back in like oh 2016 say that louder scream that oh <laughs> serious <laughs> yeah yeah and i and and he, he's aware of that i think i actually know the guy that owned it before him unreal well. um he's he's he was out in colorado but yeah that's the reason i have Jokic cards and i have big cards is because i just buy nuggets i mean that's really what it came down to 2015 season I was actually spending 10 times the amount of money on Moutier. Yeah. Manuel Moutier. Because he never was, learned to shoot the ball. He, he yeah. wasn't a point. He wasn't a point. And he, you know, he tried to play, play with the point. He just never, he could never shoot the basketball either. That was the biggest. Yeah. And, it, and I kind of just, I fell into it. Now, I when he started getting popular, I did buy a couple other big cards for a lot more than I was buying them in his rookie season, obviously, when nobody yeah. knew who it was. But yeah, that's kidding. just. You buy all the nuggets. You don't just – it's not – this ain't this ain't Jokic and Fat Lever and Alex yeah. English and Carmelo and Iverson. This is like – I'm going to throw some names out there. Mamadou Njai, uh, James yep. Posey, Ron Mercer, most known as a Celtic. Uh, obviously, McDice was a, a legendary nugget. Uh, Rafe LaFrance was a fantasy god way back in the day. That's how oh, long, yeah. Ryan, I've been playing fantasy basketball. Rafe LaFrance nice. was an absolute monster in fantasy basketball. <laughs> oh yeah, he was he was a he was a force, man. Lafonso Ellis, people forget about Lafonso, Reggie Williams, uh Bryant Stiff, that Nuggets team with Bryant Stiff and Darvin Ham and Chris Jackson slash Mahmoud Abdul Raouf and Matumbo and those guys that oh, shocked yeah. the world. That was an awesome team. And obviously, have you followed the Nuggets your whole life? Like have you always been a, are you first of all, you live in Denver? Yeah, I do. Uh so it's actually I moved out here with my family from Boston was okay. previously and so I Came a Nuggets fan roughly around '96 when we moved out here. Uh, so since now. then, uh, yeah, <laughs> you still That's, got that. Uh, one. You still got yeah, that. Yeah, and you'd be okay. disappointed because that one is in a binder as well. <laughs> you can that card, that card on this screen is not in a binder. 
It's absolutely All right. I am flying to Denver. <laughs> I will extract it from the binder and grade it for you and then hand it back to you. I'll even pay to grade it. I, that is <laughs> no, that you are a collector. I will tell you that you are a true collector. That's a fact. You, you've proved that. And that's when I started getting into nuggets was that mid nineties. Well, McDice was a rookie in 95. So when I moved out here, being a kid, I was all into rookies. So I was like, oh, yeah. okay, well, let me start collecting McDice. Now I didn't have any great cards of his back then. And that was a couple of years before, like I said, I kind of got out of collecting for a while. But yeah, that's that's essentially goes back to when I started collecting Nuggets cards. And then I, when I came back into the hobby, I got obviously more into it and picked up some of those cards that I never saw as a kid, you know, like the Rubies and the PNGs. You can't, you, these are cards you cannot, like, the math doesn't add up. You cannot expect to pull certain cards from packs, right? We've seen these back yeah. odds. Look, yeah. let me – I had no idea. Your Duncan collection is no joke. This is nuts. Like, you're <laughs> checking almost every box uh, of the 90s yeah. inserts of parallels, man. Like, you're literally checking a lot of boxes. Do you have the Duncan PMG red? I do not. No, do that was it? one. I've got one. <laughs> oh, do you really? Yeah, I don't um, want to tell you what I paid for it. That's you're right. Good, are, yeah, you're right. Little... This, this is where, look, look, Ryan, this is where we can agree to disagree. Cards are an investment. In that case, it was a bad investment, right? Uh, <laughs> no. I, I bought the Duncan because I was collecting the PMG Red set, and I was pushing real hard into the low hundreds, and uh, I reached a little bit on Duncan at, at a really bad time. So gotcha. <laughs> that's one of the cards I got burned on. But if there's a card, Ryan, that you want to hold long term, I mean, shit, I got to believe a Duncan PMG Red's got to be one of his 10 – best rookie cards in the world i'm okay oh, yeah. holding on to that card until i can get my money back you know oh i think that you know even if you paid a little bit higher that's always going to be desirable i mean we've seen yeah. in this past year with a lot of maybe the flippers leaving or whatever you want to call them uh collectors sticking around they really covered that kind of stuff so i don't think that was even a bad buy even if you spend a, a little bit more than you know maybe what it's worth now yeah uh, but yeah that kind of stuff just it's that's always what's attracted me to the nineties. I'm, I'm probably a big, bigger nineties collector than I'm anything modern just because it's the chase. The chase is fun. Right. Yeah. You probably experienced the same thing. It's like, just wow, I've never seen this. Ryan, it's just a blast. Like just hearing bits and pieces and rumors and this, and then you, you message this guy, Hey, this guy told me this. No, I sold it, but here it's where it is now. Mm -hmm. It takes you all over the world, man. I was messaging with a guy in China yesterday, man. And I was I messaging with guys in Austria. When I was doing that PMG red set, that's when it really settled in that this is truly worldwide. I've got a very domestic yep. USA-centric type perspective of the world. Just this is where we are and where we live. It's what we know. But the hobby's really expanded that. Like There are so many incredible Jordan collectors in Australia. Yeah. Uh, in Asia, in in believe it or not, in Europe as well, where cards are not quite as big as they are in Australia and Asia and the U.S., but like these Jordan collectors are everywhere, and I'm sure you've you've kind of stumbled. Do you know anybody that collects Nuggets cards from other countries? Have you run across that yet? Yeah, obviously Jokic, obviously, but, but yeah, Nuggets. definitely with Jokic. Um, a lot of the '90s inserts, a lot of people from from China overseas as well collect those. Yeah. Uh, there's a big Jamal Murray collector, which if you look back on that, like one of my first posts, I have his uh, logo man auto there. I actually got from a big Jamal Murray collector based out of Hong Kong. Wow. Uh, so I had to, I had to sell off a lot of cards to get that one. I actually bought it in 2020. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's where that one came from. So yeah, the international aspect is huge. Is that a Tony Batie grand finale? Uh, yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> That's that my only so one. Cool. But yeah, I love that one. I, I, that is yeah. so cool. Like legacy collections, grand finale, autographics. I mean, you're talking the super <laughs> rave, Tony Batie. Like you yeah. are you are my nuggets collector hero for sure. Like I have never scrolled this deep down into your page, but like you are checking every single box imaginable for nuggets players out there. Um yeah. that's awesome. That's- What's next? What's you got any big gray? Are you going to the national first of all, Ryan? Uh, probably not. It always seems to fall on a week that I'm taking a vacation with the family. I really want to get out there some year. Yeah. Uh, just meet a bunch of people that I've never met in person. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully we'll make it happen sometime. Yeah. We got to make it happen for sure. Um, what's next? Any other big cards on the horizon for you? Is there any, uh, like what's your, your most immediate short-term goals or anything that's looming out there that you're close to that you're looking to do? Is there, um use my channel as a springboard yeah. man if there's a card you want that you need let me know let's shout it out let's get it in your in your collection yeah i mean i'm just trying to, to flush out my 90s pc and it's been a little bit difficult uh because prices have gone up on a lot of that stuff we're talking like yeah. star rubies and things of that nature which hey that's great you know i i actually like to see that people are getting into that stuff more it shows me that they're going to be invested for a little while longer. <laughs> Use the term invested again. There. Yeah. But if yeah. you know, invested in the hobby. Different types of birds, gonna, right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not going to just be a fly by night. And, yeah. And take off I, I and, think and I saw it. Well, look, let me just tell you, I am living proof that a pure investor can become a predominant collector, more collector than investor. Because when I got into this hobby, Ryan, I got, I had two decades off. So I had a decade off. In the 90s, I didn't collect anything in the 90s as high school and college and girls. And then I collect a little bit around, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. And then I got out completely until Giannis brought me back in around 2014. I got 14, 15, somewhere in there. I got back in and started buying Giannis, buying, buying, buying. And I was like, I saw something in him. I was like, I'm going to get rich. I just bought and bought and bought. I bought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds on eBay and then sat on them, then graded them, then sold them, and then rinse and repeat with a bunch of different guys, right? Just purely investing, just buy low, grade, sell high, take the money, reinvest it, rinse, repeat, right? Just purely investing, not flipping, right? Because I was waiting, you know, three, four years on most of these guys, sometimes five years on, you know, De'Aaron Fox and some guys like that. Yeah. Um, and then I discovered Michael Jordan collecting and I discovered 90s. I didn't know anything about the 90s. You know, everybody who's collecting 90s is like, I'm going back. Like you just said it. I'm going back to get the cards that I never could pull out of packs that I wish I had or I couldn't afford or I could never see because we didn't have the Internet and all this. I don't I didn't know anything, Ryan. I just was listening to Cardboard Chronicles and House of Jordans. And I saw a picture of uh, Scoring Kings, which just happens to be right here on your screen as I'm scrolling. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh, my God, what is that? I want that right there. Like, I had a bunch of Jordan Flair rookies, but I was like, that's what I want to do. And I went down a rabbit hole, and I've never been able to escape it, and it's been years now. And so yeah. uh, I've transitioned. I'm probably now 98% of the cards that I have purchased in the last year are in my PC for – they're indefinite. Like, it's, not, it's no longer a buy low, sell high mindset. Um, yeah. Now it's a buy at the right price mindset, right? All even <laughs> collectors should have that. We know that, but like, I am uh, 
yeah, predominant collector now, uh, investor on the side. So, well, that's um, great. I mean, you picked the right guy, Giannis. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I hedged a little bit. I hedged a little risk, right? right. <laughs> no, that's um, great. Um, what's your best yeah. Jokic card? Share with us your best Jokic card. Tell us. Oh, hmm. Let's try if to find scroll it. Scroll down a little bit, actually. Tell me, I'll pull it up. Pretty close to it. Uh, I, it's kind of subjective, I guess. Um, I would, I. Let me see if I can. I I really like the 2015 immaculate uh, patch auto because he did not have a NT patch auto, so he didn't, he didn't have. An I, so. I said that this morning on a video. He only had the autograph number to 99, right? Did he have a yeah, lower? The, yeah, the one right below your where you're at there is Boom. the one. So That's it, I right? Have there's that no, on my there's page. no NT. Yeah, there's yeah, no NT. There's, yeah, you had an NT auto but without the patch, just not RPA. Um, if you go back to my page, I was actually had a couple of these back in the day. Wait a second. They look like this. Uh, I don't know what you call that material there. It's side piping, maybe. What would you call it? Like trim? Wait, where? On on the patch. Oh, I don't know. I'm not a Yeah, like guy. trim, maybe. Yeah. So the one I found a couple of years ago uh, by this guy who strictly correct uh, collects RPAs has a patch in it and it's very rare to find. So that's probably my favorite Jokic card just because of that. I've Am I reading this right? Nikola Jokic's immaculate serial number to 99, the only RPA option because there is no NT, is $5,200. Doesn't that seem crazy? That is <laughs> yeah. freaking bananas. That is absolutely bananas. I, I'm yeah. watching John Morant, BGS9, National Treasures, serial number 99, sell for like 20 grand still after selling oh, for yeah. 80 grand. That, yeah. This is. We live in a period of insanity. Like, I don't think people are using their eyeballs, and, and they're certainly not, you know, using yeah. a calculator to figure it's, out how many of these there are. That's nuts right there. The, the yeah. odds that John Morant will ever turn into the basketball player that Nikola Jokic is, they're not good. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they're not know, good, is, right? Isn't it crazy how it works? It's really, and that's how it works. And That is nuts. That is nuts. Yeah, that's what it, that's what we use to get us to buy a car. You know what I'm saying? That's how I got into Jordan. I, I was like, my God, this Scoring Kings PSA 10, like back at the time, was like whatever, $2,500. This Trey Young just sold for like $14,000. There's 97 of these Jordan Scoring Kings PSA 10. There's 99 of these Trey Young. What the hell is going on here? And that's <laughs> when I was like, I'm out. And I just yeah. – I consolidated into uh, fewer players, uh, but I bought more cards. So I, I, I've got quantity and quality, right? So I'm, I'm buying more than ever. I don't want to consolidate in that way. I know a lot of people profess consolidate fewer cards. You know, 100 good cards, 100 great cards is better than 10,000 good cards. I don't buy that. I don't like it. Um, yeah. But I do like consolidating risk and hedging risk, I should say. Uh, and it feels good. It feels better when you're spending your money on cards either that aren't that expensive or that you know the player's resume is complete and you know where they belong historically. Um, it's it's much easier. It's a less anxious feeling when you click the buy now button, you know, or you make mm -hmm. that offer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Cool. It's Isn't it crazy to see that price as compared to, like, yeah, like you said, where like John Morant got or still is at, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yep. and that's just insane. And and I have to kind of think that in a way, it's just because a lot of the people trying they were trying to push those cards, right? And, yep. And trying to make them seem like they're a great deal. 
and here they're worth ninety thousand dollars now, right? They didn't own yeah. any Jokic, so they yeah. couldn't do it with Jokic. It's funny. Now, it's funny because Ryan, the, these people that are buying uh, fill in the blank quarterback, you know, Jalen Hurts, whatever, you know, they know that there are other players out there that have resumes that are vastly superior. They're set in stone. They've already done it. Their prices are significantly lower, yet they still buy the, you know, 2020 RPA serial number to 99 or prism gold, yep. whatever for, you know, sometimes five figures, six, sometimes yep. six figures, depending on the player. I don't understand how a human being can have that much risk tolerance. <laughs> I just I got too many yeah. kids in a wife. I can't do oh, it. Oh yeah. I know. It's, yeah, you know? I think it's, it's, it's the excitement of the unknown, right? Yeah. And rookies have always been a chase. I mean, the newest rookie card, it, you're going to chase it. Most, uh, most people are going to get excited over that. So it's, it's really, you got to dial it back a little bit, I think. And, yeah. and those have been like you and I have been in for years. We understand that, you're going to buy that stuff right out the gate with six championships, multiple MVPs, built you know, in. all that stuff built into the card. And will that card even ever get back to where it was that rookie season? Probably Some will, but very few. And look, very few. Yeah. Here's the deal. I, I live that world, but I lived that world in 2015 and 2016 and 2017. It was a whole <laughs> different world. I was buying. Yeah. Doncic base prisms for you know nine dollars. Now you know people are buying base fill in the blanks. You know whatever Scotty Barnes or whatever the hell it, I don't know what it is, but whatever the silver. You know there's three hundred dollar raw silver K Cunningham's and crap like that. I'm like, are y'all freaking bananas? This is nuts. You know there would need to be seventy five times as many collectors in the hobby for the demand to match what the prices you're paying are now. Not to mention the fact that there's probably twenty times as many silver fill in the blanks, Paulo Banqueros, as there were oh, yeah. Doncic. And there was a hundred times more Doncic than there was, you know, Kawhi Leonard's. And it's just, yeah. you can go on and on and on. So uh, we we sound like two old men bitching about, uh, you know, new stuff in my hobby. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kill it right here. We're right at an hour, man. Look, I truly appreciate you joining the channel. Let me switch back over one more time uh, and show you guys. This is Ryan's uh, page. He's got 40 videos out. I highly recommend checking out uh, most, if not all of them, he he is kind of like me. I don't want to say scatterbrained like me, but Ryan, your tentacles uh, spread in many different directions. And so there's usually a little bit of something out here for everybody uh, from following your personal collecting journey, which I love. And people seem to like my videos where I talk about what I buy and what I care about uh, to cracking cards, how to crack cards properly without damaging them. To you know, mail days to bashing on sports card investor to uh, the, the hobby board man. You you touch a lot of different areas, and so I think there's a lot of stuff and a lot of education to be gleaned out of uh, your YouTube channel. It's at MindCycle underscore Cards, and then Ryan's Instagram is the same thing. It's mine. Oh, I'm way too far down on your page. It's uh, MindCycle underscore Cards. Same thing. So uh, Ryan, thanks man so much for joining um, on this Memorial Day, man. Hopefully you have a great uh, rest of your Memorial Day and uh, stay in touch. You you've got me on Instagram. Anything you ever need from me on my end, anything I can do to help you with your channel and the growth of that, uh, let me know. I, I suspect it's going to grow relatively quickly, uh, given um, you know how sharp you are and how polished and articulate you are. So I think you're going to do great, man. I appreciate that, Brian. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me on. Great time. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks, guys, for watching. Uh, as always, keep collecting. Stay positive in the hobby. Peace.